Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This 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 is views from Midstream. Now here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, I want to bring up a couple of things. And so you said you were watching the the McAdoo press conference earlier, and I want to talk about that here in a minute. But uh, I just want to say real quick, I'm surprised. I like that dude. I really, I I love how he handled the press conference. I never, I didn't pay attention to him when he was with the Giants, but watching how he handled the press conference was, it was really good. And he's a, he's, he's a large man like myself. And that, that just, you know, immediately I have some kinship. I, uh, I will tell you, I do find myself, I do find myself rooting for the big fellas to succeed in the coaching ranks, you know? Like I'm a big Andy Reid guy, big Bruce Arians guy. I find myself uh, rooting for the linemen who turn into coaches. Uh, Matt Rule in his press conference earlier this week, I I, I think kind of brought up something interesting. Uh, he was talking about the offense and the defense late in the game, which in fairness, so were we all because that's when they were at their best and pointed out that in the last 35 minutes of the football game, the Panthers averaged 7.7 yards per play. And if you look at the NFL and you only consider the last 35 minutes of the football game, the Panthers actually would have had the third most efficient offense in the NFL if you only count the last 35 minutes of the football game. Now, Matt Rule has taken a lot of crap for that comment from fan bases uh, of other NFL teams. And and I get why, right? I get why. If, if you get your butt whooped for 15 of 20 minutes, but you talked about how you looked okay in the last five, yeah, it's it's not great. But I think the point that Matt Rule was trying to make here was the fact that as the game went on, they got better. As the game went on, they they markedly, empirically, numerically on the stat sheet got better. Phil Snow, defensive coordinator, in his press conference, which I watched a little of, said something I found very interesting. And I'm, a, I'm wondering if other Panthers fans feel the same way. And if you do, hit us up on social media at The Rob Brown Show, at Lonzo on Ward, and let us know. Phil Snow said, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the quote in front of me, but something to the tune, Lonzo, of... I felt, despite the loss, I felt different about this loss. I felt different after this loss than I have felt about years, uh, about losses in years past. Effectively saying something to the tune up. In past years, we lose, and I had a little like, all right, here we go again. This is just us. And in this game, there was a little bit more, I'm upset because we should have won, and I think we're okay. Like there's a little, there's a quiet confidence in this loss out of Phil Snow between those two metrics. You know, I, I try to tell people don't get caught up in coach speak because coaches are always selling themselves. That's their job is to make themselves look good in the worst of scenarios. But I kind of do catch a, a, a different vibe. I kind of do catch a coaching staff that is going, we got positives. And, and we're not saying we got positives because our rear ends are on the hot seat and we're trying to keep ourselves safe and secure financially. 
but we genuinely see positives playing out on the football field. And I think they're right. I, I, I kind of like, I think for a lot of other teams, I would find this kind of cliche and coach speak and I'd, I would dismiss it, but I kind of like Lonzo that these coaches have come out this week and said, there's something different. There's something happening here. And we feel that tide turning. I like it because I think the players can buy into that. Well, first of all, as a fan, you could see that happen. You could absolutely see that happen when when they finally kicked it in and things started clicking. But they very easily could do what some teams do. They were getting manhandled by the running game. They could have easily said, okay, this game's over. We'll just wait till next week and see what we can fix. But they didn't do that. They fought back into this game and we're winning this game with with seconds left on the clock. And we've seen teams years past, including Carolina teams, that would have been, oh well, we ain't winning this. We'll just we'll just pack it up and wait till next week. But they didn't do that. They fought back. They absolutely fought back, got better everywhere, and suddenly looked like they were ready to play. And and I get the I get the criticism of the 35 minutes, but if you look at that, he's absolutely right. That was a different team in those 35 minutes. And that's why the coaching staff keeps talking about wanting to build on and can a continuation of those 35 minutes into the next game. And that's what you want to see. You don't want to see them take a step back into what they had to deal with at the beginning of the game. And I don't think they will. I don't. And, and I get that. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. We can keep harping on it at least until the next game. They know they won the game. They can't say that the refs cost them the game because that will cost them a lot of money. And so they can't say it. And you can hint at it. You can. I, I, I think we know that's what they're saying. They won that game, and they did, and the refs took it away from them. So I saw some people go back and actually plug the numbers in, right? Because it felt weird. Like Matt Rule saying the back 35 minutes of the game felt like such an arbitrary cutoff point, right? Like why are 35? Like why not just say halftime, right? Halftime. And I think the answer was that Matt Rule was kind of pointing out that it not it didn't take some rousing speech at halftime. It didn't take big time adjustments. It just got it just took some time to settle down, settle in and execute in the back 35 minutes of the game. The Panthers did indeed Average 7.7 yards per play. You do that for 60 minutes, you're going to win a lot of football games. In the first 25 minutes of the game, they averaged 1.1 yards per play. Think yeah, about a little that. Bit of a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, no. A massive overwhelming difference there. And, you know, I, I want to say, what do you chalk that up to? And I think the answer is, it just time. It just took time to get in a rhythm, right? Like this stat when Matt Rule brought, and I think this was the goal. I'm I'm actually giving him credit here because I think this was the goal. But I think Matt Rule's point in doing this was to kind of point out that while it does feel like in like a like an arbitrary cutoff point, oh, 35 minutes in the like that's a weird spot. He had a valid point in that there is a marked spot in the game from this play to this play where the yards per play skyrocketed by 600% production, that's the mark of a team overcoming the jitters. That's the team, that's the mark of a team taking it to the next level, figuring something out, et cetera. 
And, you know, look, as you pointed out, so it's a one-point game. It's a one-score game with the lead inside of a couple of minutes left to play. If you took the first 25 and applied the success of the back 35, you won the football game. And you won the football game comfortably. I hate that that happened against the Browns because that was one of those that I had circled in red as a must-win game. But if you can do that back 35 number against the Giants on Sunday, this is a winnable football game. Yeah, and also that productivity could translate into wins against teams that maybe you already had chalked up as as losses for the Panthers. And they're going to get better offensively and, and defensively, but especially offensively because there are a lot of weapons that they didn't get to use because they had so many four and outs early on, or three and outs rather, and had so many of those. That and and on all the pressing uh, press conferences, the coaches are talking about. Well, this guy didn't play because we didn't have enough offensive plays. If we did, we would have had them in there. Uh, one person we're going to get to see more this week for sure is Shy Smith, uh, because he's going to get to return. Uh, I believe it's punts. Uh, I will tell you, like, cool. So we're gonna we're gonna get him get to see him touch the ball. And and maybe get to see him be out there a little bit more. I want to see him in the offense. Like, great, he's on special teams, and he's got the speed to potentially be a difference maker, a kick return, and that's fantastic. And I hope we're calling his name a bunch when we do our reaction pod, which drops on Monday. But I want to see him in the offense. I want to be. I want to see him get involved in the receiving game a little bit more. He had one catch for 12 yards last week. I want to see that number go up. Now, in fairness, the only guy... Uh, that, that that had more than three catches. Sorry, two guys. Robbie Anderson had five. McCaffrey had four. DJ had three. I would love to see Shy's number up there in that four or five range, and that's going to be on Baker. Um, but again, regardless of the way you do it, how you balance this out, the back 35 needs to be the front 25 this time around. No doubt about it. Uh, I do want to bring up and talk a little bit about the opposition for just a minute, because we've just got a couple of minutes left with you guys uh, and, and talk a little bit about the New York football giants in week number two. Um, Daniel Jones as starting quarterback. We mentioned it back in the first segment. Daniel Jones is a. I hate saying this. He's Eli Manning volume two. He's like a game manager that does have the ability to take over a game if you allow him to, but that's actually not the weapon I'm concerned about. The weapon I am concerned about this week, and I haven't seen any updates, so as far as I know, Kadarius Tony is healthy. Uh, he does. Sorry, scratch that. He was actually added, and this is interesting, though. I did not catch this until uh, earlier today. This was not listed as of a couple of hours ago by any of the big sites. Canarius Tony was added to the Giants practice report earlier today as a limited participant on account of a hamstring injury. I don't know if that had anything to do with why Kadarius Tony last week wasn't really involved in the offense. He had one rush for just two yards, no receptions in that game. I mean, we were all caught up on Cam Akers disappearing for the Rams. I couldn't, I was like, where the hell is Kadarius Tony? I was big time concerned if he is truly limited with a hamstring injury to me, 
that kind of means we can tee off. We can pin the ears back and go get them because there's not really uh, that second playmaker back there that allows them to open up the field if we start getting pressure on Daniel Jones, though. I kind of want to see like a lot of blitzes dialed up on Sunday if Kadarius Tony is unavailable or even limited. Well, you pointed out that Daniel Jones got sacked, what'd you say, four or five times last five last times. week? Yeah, five times. So obviously either the line ain't blocking good or he's holding the ball too long. So if he does it again this week, Panther's going to get back there and uh, make him see the sky a little. Here is hoping, kids. Here is hoping because that would be the game changer. It really would. Um, you know, listen, the Giants are a football team that was last week. I was going to say balanced. They were a run team. They leaned to the run. Uh, they threw the ball 21 times. They ran it 32. A lot of that did come to the fact that Saquon Barkley was just in fuego, averaging over 9.1 yards per carry. They are going to run it at us again and again and again. And they are going to challenge us. If you can't stop the run, we are going to beat you. And a lot of that is going to play into, though, once again, the time of possession battle in this game. This one, real simple to me. There's a couple of markers that indicate success. One of those, without a doubt, Lonzo, is going to be the time of possession clock. We win the time of possession clock. We probably win this game because it means we were controlling the rushing attack. If we have the same situation last week that we did, we're in the first 30. They have the ball 24 minutes. We're in a world of hurt. Unless they have the the ball that much because Carolina comes out as a quick strike offense and they're trying to catch up the only way they know how. Fair enough. Just trying to trying to keep it positive. I respect that. I respect that. All right, so prediction on this game. Give me your final score. All right. I am going to go Panthers win this game. 24 to 14. 24 14. I actually like that pick quite a bit. You're 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 in my wheelhouse here. I do think that it is going to be a lower scoring game, but I do think that the Giants are going to be in the hip pocket. I am going uh, Carolina wins this game 24 21. I think you're gonna, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the Giants can run the ball. That's just a fact. They're just a good running team. I think we're going to see the offense open up a little bit and a comfortable Baker Mayfield finds the back of the end zone for the Panthers at least a couple of times. Uh, I I think after the game that he had last week, I think you got a really, really good chance for Robbie Anderson to pop one open. But I think you're going to get a surprise touchdown from one of the other wide receivers. You're going to get a surprise touchdown from Shai Smith, Tommy Tremble. One of these guys are going to have a surprise touchdown because they're going to start keying off on the names. And when they do, when they do, one surprise dark horse touchdown, and that is ultimately going to be the difference. Uh, Follow us on social media, at The Rob Brown Show, at Lonzo on Word. And do us a favor. If you're enjoying the podcast, please pass it on to your Carolina Panthers friends and family. Tell them about the views from Main Street Podcast. Tell them that they can pick it up where major podcasts are found. Like and subscribe. Make sure you spread the words. Alonzo, final words for the people. Well, my final words are look for no fumbled snaps, and that's going to lead to victory. Keep pounding. 
Mine, get to the quarterback. Stop the run. That's it. You do that, you win. You do that, you win. It's real simple. We will be back on Monday afternoon with our reaction pod as we get set for Giants Panthers. We will see you back here on Monday to do it all over again. For Lonzo, my name is Rob Brown. Thank you for listening to the Views from Mint Street Podcast. We'll see you Monday. Keep pounding, baby!